We're now done with the book of Romans and are going to have a short series, just five weeks long on ask. Questions that Christians must answer. These are are questions that uh, we said, what would you like to ask Christians? And we got a variety of responses from a variety of places and we tried to take those questions and get to the heart issue of, of what was being asked. Sometimes the questions were, were really specific and, and some of them were similar to one another. And so we tried to, to get at what, what are the heart of these questions. Not to avoid anything, but to really say what is, what is this question about. And I'm not looking forward to this series. Because these are, are some tough questions. I, I don't... I don't enjoy preaching this kind of sermon. I would much rather say, uh, we're going to take the Bible, we're going to open the Bible, we're going to read uh, several verses or a chapter of the Bible, and then we're going to talk about what is God saying to us through this text. That's where I'm most comfortable. I love having conversations with people one-on-one. So when somebody comes to me and says, hey, I have a really tough question, I don't shy away from that. I'm happy to engage in that. But I want to have those conversations one-on-one, not one-on-however many there are here. Because I want to, to really be able to address what it, people are really asking and to be able to hear where they're coming from and what they're saying. And I feel like when it's this style, it's... It's difficult to do that. So I'm going to do my best to take Scripture and address the questions that we've uh, received. But I really hope that you will engage in a life group this week. This is a great time to visit a life group if you're not uh, normally attending one. Because these make great around-the-dinner-table kinds of discussions as we wrestle through these issues together. The, The question for this morning is, how can you believe that? How can you believe that stuff? If, if Christianity teaches all this supernatural stuff, how can you believe that stuff? And maybe you've been asked that question before. And uh, depending on who you are, uh, maybe you have felt like, well, because it's real. And maybe sometimes you've sort of shrunk back from that question a little bit. And <laughs> kind of stammered your way through. I've been on both of those. There was a time in my youth where I was very confident about everything. You know how in your teen years you know everything there is to know about anything. And so uh, I would get asked and I would, man, I was ready to go. Let's let's go toe to toe. Then there have been other times where I just felt really dumb anytime somebody would ask me that question. If the Bible teaches about miracles and all this supernatural stuff, how can you believe that? One person uh, said to me, I don't believe in God, I believe in science. Well, that about sums it up, doesn't it? <laughs> Where you just feel like, what? is it rational? I mean, has, really, has science really disproved God? Can we, can we just say what we believe is a farce? There is no supernatural. Everything can be explained by natural causes. And so uh, there is no need for God anymore. I mean, that, that's... What's being asked, right? How can you believe? How can you believe in something when it teaches all the supernatural stuff? In fact, I, I, I know uh, Christians who tiptoe around the supernatural. And they, they, they go, you know, I'm a Christian, but I don't actually believe in all of the miracles and things. And I don't know how they do that. 
that requires a great deal of tiptoeing. If you're going to try and work your way through the Bible, there's not many books in the Bible that you're not confronted with supernatural because the reality is that God is outside of the system of nature that we are in. And His book is revealing Him. And to believe in the supernatural God of the universe, but not to believe in supernatural that leaves you without believing anything, really. So where do we, where do we go with this then? Because uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, it says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. We read this at the beginning of, of the service. If we are to have faith in God, if we are to believe in God, it necessitates that we believe in the supernatural. We believe that God is Outside, He created everything that we see and everything that exists around us. God is bigger than that. He is supernatural. He is not confined by or limited to the, the nature that we see around us. And if we are to believe that, then we necessarily must believe that there is more than what we see with our eyes. In fact, in Romans chapter 1, verse 19, it says, uh, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse." That is to say that even as you look at the creation, the nature that we see around us, it begs the question of the Creator. The things that we see and the way that things are ordered and the specificity and the, and the technicality and the complexity of everything that we see, we just sometimes stand and marvel in awe of the things that we see. And say, this is absolutely magnificent. Isn't this incredible? All this that is here. Where did it come from? It must have come from an incredible God. Just the observation of the things around us begs the question that who made this? Where did it all come from? So, then the question is, for me, if to be a Christian means to believe in the supernatural, and if people say that science has explained all these things, then is my faith at direct odds with science? And I would say, no. No. It's really sad to me 
how many scientists, people that are scientifically minded, say that there can be no God or there is no need for God because of science. As as though somehow science has um, moved to God-like status. And how many Christians shrink back and are afraid of science. Please, let's not be afraid of science. And, and every time that, that we hear somebody say, science says or science teaches, let's recognize that those are scientists. Right? That science itself is, is an idea. It's a way of thinking. It, it, it is not a thing that is exerting its will. There are scientists... And they are not out to get you as Christians. There are a few scientists that really, for whatever reason, they have this idea in their head that they dislike the backwardsness of Christians who believe in miracles and angels and things. And they might be out to get you or to paint you into a corner. But by and large, what science is doing is science is, uh, or scientists are doing is they are testing theories and running uh, experiments to see how things work. And that's of no threat to us at all. In fact, I I think it's delightful. Because the more that we uh, see, and the more that we study, and the more that we understand, the more complex we understand that the world is, and the more we think we understand, the more we realize we don't understand. Isn't that true? Just when you feel like you've got a handle on it, and just when you feel like you understand how the the body works, you realize, I don't even know the surface of it. Right? There's there's bones and muscles and tendons, and the body uh, interacts. And then, well, okay, but also, you have to, to go to the cells, and then the electrical impulses, and all... And you start looking at all of these things and how the chemicals and molecules and pheromones and hormones and all of these things interact within the body to make the body do what it is. And it is amazing, just flat amazing, how the body works. And that each of you is different from each of the rest of you because of the way that your DNA is structured. It's incredible. And the more that we look into and study these things, the more we understand how these things work and the better that that we can help people um, with their health and with their uh, life. But it doesn't explain everything. And I think that at times we have a, a scientific overreach where people are trying to make science define or explain things beyond what it's capable of. Science expects and assumes a particular pattern, like a clock. You watch a clock, right? And the clock goes tick, 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 tick. And every time that that skinny hand goes all the way around, that long hand moves one click, and it just tick, 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 tick. 
And you can watch the clock. It's not very fun. But as a kid, I used to do that sometimes. And you just watch the clock. Tick, 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 tick. And every second, in regular rhythm, you can watch it go all the way around. And the big hand goes, click. Tick, 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 tick. All the way around. And the big hand goes, click. Until finally the little hand goes, click. And then there it goes again. And you can watch it 24 hours a day for weeks on end. You can leave the room and come back and the clock is still doing exactly what you expect the clock to do. Tick, 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 tick. It's fantastic. And science is doing the same thing and it's saying, how does this work? The most things, they just work. Tick, 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 tick. And I can test and expect what the next tick is going to be every time. And when there are enough ticks, how that will make, make a big click. And so we're testing all of these things. But then what happens if somebody takes the clock down and winds the hands? Then suddenly you see the hands go, like this. And you go, Whoa! What's going on here? That was not expected. Something has interacted with this clock in a way that has changed things from its expected pattern. What is the deal with that? And in the same way, we see throughout Scripture that there are times when our supernatural God interacts with His creation and He pokes His finger in there and He says, And we look at it and say, whoa, what was that? I was not expecting that. And God does this in ways to reveal Himself to His people. This supernatural God interacts with the natural realm in a way that demonstrates who He is. So that when you're going through the Scriptures, you see that suddenly Moses is going and talking to Pharaoh and he's saying, you better let my people go. I mean, God's people. You better let God's people go. And Pharaoh says, I'm not letting anybody go anywhere. Take it up with God. I'm just saying that if you don't let the people go, there's going to be a lot of gnats. Nope, they can't go. Lots of gnats everywhere. And then flies. And then frogs. And then a bloody river. And then the firstborn of every person dies until Pharaoh is going, Whoa! Time out! Stop it with the messing with nature! Back off! Moses says, just let the people go. Because God wants you to let His people go. And God is revealing Himself and His power in nature through that. And then the, the people come out and God says, I would like you to just wait right here by this sea. Well, don't you think we should run around the sea because those, those Egyptians are coming? God says, no, no, just, just wait right here. But those Egyptians have changed their minds about letting us go. And there's an army of them and there's families of us carrying our things. We are not prepared to defend ourselves. And God says, don't worry about that. And he puts up a curtain so that the army can't come through. And he holds them back until the waters part and they cross the sea on dry ground. 
and then the curtain comes away, and the army tries to cross the sea on dry ground, splash! Gone. And now, uh, there are people who would say, aha, mythology. That's, that's a cleverly devised myth, but not reality, because that can't happen scientifically. The seas do not part like that, in which I am in ready agreement. That's true. It just doesn't happen unless God does it. Because here's the thing. Science says we expect it to go click, 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 and there to be no variance in that ever. And that's how we understand how things work. It's because the sea always lays flat. It never parts in the middle. It might recede from the edges a little bit. It might slosh from side to side some. The wind might come through and stir it up and make it a little bit tumultuous. But it never parts down the middle. That just doesn't happen. And I'm in quick agreement with that. That's true. That is what we would expect. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't take a scientific mind to know that. The Egyptians were very surprised. Even the Israelites were very surprised. Because they've been watching that sea like the hands on a clock go click, 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 and they know what to expect, and this is very unexpected. You say, but, but how did that happen? God did it. If I believe that there is a supernatural God who created everything so that normally it all runs in its course as it was designed to run unless God interferes with it in some way, if I believe that there's a God who did that, it is not a far reach for me to say that at times God can, in order to communicate or help or, or in some way interact with His people, do something that is outside of the expected norm. In fact, as I consider, what is the the biggest case that I could make for who God is? It's supernatural occurrences. Unless, of course, I have a presupposition that God does not exist and that there cannot be supernatural occurrences, in which case there can be no God. But but that uh, one per- person put it this way: that it's a okay. I'm going to quote from Timothy Keller. His book, Reason for God, he has a great chapter on this. He says, it's one, It is one thing to say that science is only equipped to test for natural causes and cannot speak to any others. It is quite another to insist that science proves that no other causes could possibly exist. John Macquarie writes, Science proceeds on the assumption that whatever events occur in the world can be accounted for in terms of other events. I'll say that again. Science proceeds on the assumption that whatever events occur in the world can be accounted for in terms of other events, just as imminent and this-worldly. So, miracle is irreconcilable with our modern understanding of both science and history. 
Keller says, Macri is quite right to assert that when studying a phenomenon, the scientist must always assume that there is a natural cause. That is because natural causes are the only kind its methodology can address. It is another thing to insist that science has therefore proven that there can be no other kind. There could be no experimental model for testing the statement, no supernatural cause for any natural phenomenon is possible. And then he gives this illustration. He says, it's a little bit like if you drop your car keys at night, you go out to your car and you drop your car keys and you start looking for them under the street light. And somebody says, well, why are you only looking under the street light? Well, because I can't see in the dark, so I'm only looking over here. In fact, because it's dark over there and I can't see over there, they must be here under the light somewhere. No, they could be over there. You just can't see over there because your light doesn't shine there. In the same way, scientific studies can test things in predictable patterns, but when there is some kind of anomaly, we have to throw that out. Because it doesn't fit with the pattern. How would you have evidence for God? Well, only if there's a supernatural occurrence. Okay, so what if there's a supernatural occurrence? Well, supernatural occurrences can't occur. But you said the only way that you would know that there was a God is if there was a supernatural occurrence. Yes, that's right. That's the only way I could know. But then you said that supernatural occurrences can't occur. Yes, that's true. They can't. So you're presupposing that there is no God and there can be no supernatural. that's, That's the condensed version. It's not that that science is bad. Science is great for what it does. It just can't reach into the supernatural by nature of what it's capable of. Which is why I feel like science is so helpful to us. Because it explains so much that when there is an anomaly, we are left with the conclusion that God must be here. God must have done this. In fact, very often, it just comes down to whether or not we believe the witnesses. Whether or not the witnesses are credible to us. Because when it comes to our scientific understanding of how the world works, most of us have not actually done all of the tests and experiments to create the hypothesis and test the theories. We are believing someone else who says, this is what I have seen and what I have experienced. This is what I tested for. This is the results that I got. Therefore, this is the conclusion that I have drawn. Most of us just accept the conclusion and go, well, you seem like a pretty trustworthy scientist, and so I will accept your conclusion. But when that same, when a, a different person then comes and says, hey, I experienced this supernatural phenomenon, we're a little bit more skeptical about that. Well, you don't seem like a credible scientist to me. Why are they, incredi- why are they not credible? Well, because they had a supernatural occurrence. And those don't occur. So we discredit the witness because of the thing that they witnessed which isn't very fair. 
I'm reminded of uh, in Narnia. Did you read the, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Lucy and Edmund go into the wardrobe and they discover a whole other world in the, in the wardrobe. And they come back and Lucy is just over the moon. This is the most incredible thing. You have to know that when we went into the wardrobe, there's this other world in there. And her older brother and sister uh, go, Lucy, that can't be. And Lucy goes, Edmund, tell them. And Edmund goes, oh, yeah, we were pretending. And Lucy's heartbroken because her brother, who has also experienced it with her, won't acknowledge that he has experienced it. And so Peter and Susan, the older two, go and they talk to the uncle and they say, yeah, that's the weirdest thing, that uh, Lucy and Edmund went in there and Lucy says that they went into this other world, but we know that that can't be right, but she insists that it is. And he says, oh, so your, your sister is not believable. Well, no, normally she's very reliable, especially when she's insistent like this, but in this case it's ridiculous. And he says, oh, so, so your, uh, your brother, he's the reliable one. Well, no, normally not. Normally we would trust Lucy and not trust Edmund, but in this case, because of the nature of what it is that they've experienced, we have already decided this can't be. And he says, why don't you trust the witness? You see, that, that's what's happening in the Scriptures, so that we have this, this um, story in John chapter 9. I'm, I'm not going to read you the whole story. I'm going to tell you the story because it would take me too long to read it. But here's what's going on. Jesus and his disciples are, are passing by and they see this blind man. And one of the disciples says, Hey, uh, teacher, what, why is this blind man blind? Is it because of uh, some sort of sin of his? Is it because of his parents' sin? Or what, Why is this blind man blind? And Jesus says, No, it's, it's so that you can see the work of God. And so Jesus heals this blind man so that he can see. And the response of that is that all of these people start looking at this blind man, or now formerly blind man, and are asking themselves, isn't this the guy that was blind? He looks an awful lot like the guy that was blind. And other people are going, no, 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 blind people can't suddenly see. He looks like the blind man, but it must be a twin brother from another city or something. Because uh, blind men can't see. And the blind man, who was formerly blind, he now can see. And he's going, no, it is me. I was the one that was sitting there who was blind, but now I can see. And they're going, no, I don't think that you are. You're playing some kind of trick on us or something. He says, no, no, I am, I am that blind man. And so they bring him in in front of the, the um, church leadership. And they're, they're quizzing him down. So you were blind. Yeah, I was blind. And now you can see. Now I can see real good. How did that happen? I don't know. This guy named Jesus, he just healed my eyes. And now I can see. And they're going... Were you really blind though? Like all, like blind, blind. He goes, well, if you mean that I couldn't see, yes, that was me, the guy who couldn't see. And now you can see? Yes, now I can see. Bring his parents in here. So the parents come in. They, they say, is this your son? Yep, that's our son. Was he blind? He was blind. Can he see now? He says he can. How did that happen? We don't know. Why don't you ask him? So they come back to the blind man. 
Okay, tell us again. You were blind and now you can see. How did that happen? Well, Jesus did it. Finally, the blind man goes, are you wanting to become disciples of Jesus? Because you have asked me these questions over and over again, and here's what I know. I couldn't see, and now I could. It's because of Jesus. So they say, we know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. And the man answered, why, this is an amazing thing. You don't know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if anyone is a worshiper of God and does his will, God listens to him. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a man born blind. If, man, if this man were not from God, he could do nothing. And you know what happens now? People read this and go, they were not very scientific back then and they believed in miracles. Nothing about this story indicates that they believed in miracles. They were expecting the tick, 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 tick of the hands around the clock, just like we do. Blind people don't see. He woke up blind and he went to sleep blind. And he woke up blind and he went to sleep blind every single day. That is not going to change ever. Blind people don't suddenly regain their sight. Not in the history of the whole world has that ever been heard except for this weirdo. Who claims that Jesus did it. That is the power of the miracles. That they give evidence to the supernatural. It is precisely because they don't fit into the scientific testing molds that they bring evidence to who God is. It is God's way of communicating, I am here. There's no other way to test it. There's no other way to know. How else could we know whether or not there was a God? Except if He somehow broke in, poked His finger around in His creation a little bit in ways that are surprising to us. Spoke in from the outside and said, Here I am. Or took on flesh and walked the earth as a man for 30 years. Doing magnificent things. Miracles the likes of which no one had ever seen before. As evidence to who he was. So that when the, the Sanhedrin and the, the, the uh, church leaders were asking him, Who are you? How do we know? And he said, Have you seen the stuff that I've done? That is my evidence. That is my evidence. We have to trust that the witnesses who said they have seen something were not deceived and that they have seen it. Which is why after Jesus died and rose again from the dead, do you realize that does not happen? Being a Christian does not mean that we believe that people are rising from the dead all the time. When they die, they're dead. 
When Jesus died, he didn't stay dead. That's weird. We recognize the pattern of things is that when people die, you put them in the tomb and they don't come back out again. But when Jesus came back out again, everybody went, whoa, what's going on here? Thomas goes, I don't believe you. All the disciples, his closest friends, the ones who had walked with him and Jesus for three years are going, no, Thomas, for real. Like we sat and ate fish with him. And Thomas is going, I don't believe you. Unless I see him and I stick my hand in the holes where his, the nails went through, I'm not going to believe until Jesus shows up and reveals himself. And to 500 other people, Jesus revealed himself. So that at some point, the number of witnesses is building up and you can't deny that a miracle has happened. Something has happened. I was talking with a friend one time. We were in college. We were in a Bible study together. And he goes, Do you, you know, I just, I can't believe. I said, well, what would it take for you to believe? He goes, it'd take a miracle. He's like, okay, I'm going to pray for a miracle then. He goes, no, it's, it's going to take like a biblical kind of a miracle. The sun's going to have to go backwards or something ridiculous like that. And what I realized, not at the moment, at the moment I was just really convinced, man, God, somehow can you make the sun go backwards so that this guy can believe? And do you know what I realized afterwards? He has already acknowledged what it would take is a supernatural occurrence for me to believe. But I don't trust any witnesses. Because we have a record, a biblical record of supernatural occurrences. He just doesn't believe the witnesses. He just doesn't believe that these are valid testimonies. And yet here they are. You know that that people long for the transcendence of the supernatural? They're just afraid to go there. But they, they, they want those experiences where, where you're watching a show and it gives you that tingly feeling because of some performance. Or, or you're listening to some kind of music that just takes you to this place that you just feel amazing. Like it's, it's out of this world kind of an experience. They, they want to do things that, that, that um, seem incredible. So you watch YouTube videos about how awesome people are. Right? Because they do ridiculously dumb things like jump off of mountains and fly down in flight suits. Or do 360 jumps off of who knows what into who knows what. And you go, wow, people are amazing. And it gives you this warm, tingly feeling. They want that. They want something that goes beyond. Something that's not limited to this realm. That's why they love superheroes. You know how many superhero movies there are? It's ridiculous. Every other movie is about some supernatural thing that's happening. For all these scientific people who don't believe in the supernatural, but they want all these supernatural kinds of movies because isn't that amazing and doesn't it make me feel good? 
They want something that takes them there. People want to, to play music and experience music. They want to meditate and, and, and have their mind take them to this place that, that is above. But it all happens within this tight sphere. This tight sphere of the natural. They, they want their emotions and hormones and their minds to, to, to reach towards something outside of the sphere. But everything has to stay within. But there is a God in heaven who is outside. A God in heaven who loves us and wants to reach in and say, here I am and has done it. He didn't just create the world and set it spinning and then watch it go. But has stepped in to reconcile people and bring them into relationship with Him so that they can experience the transcendent in God, the only true transcendent being. And He has revealed Himself through the supernatural. But there are so many people that have decided that there is not enough evidence for that. There could not be enough evidence for that. They start with a presupposition that those things do not occur. And it is because of their presuppositions that they do not believe. Not because of the scientific evidence, which doesn't stretch that far. Not because of a lack of witnesses, of whom there are many who attest to the fact that the supernatural occurs. But because they presuppose that it cannot. So Jesus tells a parable in Luke chapter 16 about a rich man and a poor man. The poor man is sitting outside the gate and the rich man doesn't take care of him. And then the poor man dies and the rich man dies. And the rich man um, is being tormented in Hades and, and looks and sees far off, it says in, in Luke uh, 16.23. Being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off at Lazarus's side. Lazarus was the poor man. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I'm in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime you received good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he's comforted here and you are in great anguish. And besides all this, there's this great chasm in between us. In order that those who would pass from here to you are not able to. And none may cross from there to us. And so then the man said, Then I beg you, send them, Father, send him, send Lazarus to my father's house. For I've got five brothers. Go so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And then verse 29. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. They have Moses and the prophets. They have the scriptures. Let them hear from the Scriptures about all the miraculous things that God has done. Let them hear from the Scriptures about the supernatural that exists. Let them hear from the Scriptures about who God is. 
And he says, no, no, Father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. It isn't a lack of, of witness. We have the scriptures that attest to who God is and that the supernatural is there. We expect in the course of everyday life, everything to tick like the hands of a clock going round. That we will be able to test and hypothesize how things work and that it will work that way almost every time. We do not expect anomalies. But when an anomaly shows up, we recognize this may be from God. Because the supernatural is here. Finally, in Ephesians 6, 10 through 12, he says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. There is this whole spiritual world that we don't see and don't interact with most of the time. And yet, that doesn't mean it isn't there. It's this unseen thing that we don't have time this morning to get into all of the angelology and demonology and all of the spiritual realm kinds of things, but, but before we worry too much about all of that, and before we start worrying too much about if we believe in supernatural things, then what are the limits? Could, could there really be a guy like with claws that come out like this and self-heals? Like, could, could there really be superheroes? Could there really be all of these other weird kinds of thi- things? At, if we believe in the supernatural, then don't we have to accept all of these other things too? We have the scriptures that God has revealed Himself here. We, we have who He is to define for us what we believe. We don't have to Accept every crazy theory just because of, a, of somebody's testimony. God has spoken to us in a clear way, even about the things that we cannot test uh, scientifically or with our eyes. And so I would encourage you, have confidence in the Scriptures. Do not feel that the science and the the scriptures are at odds with one another. They are speaking to different things. The point of the scriptures is to reveal who God is. And the point of science is to help us understand this world that He has created and how it works. There are times in which God is going to reveal Himself to you in unmistakable ways. 
And isn't it great that the thing that we long for in our hearts, that transcendent experience, can be found in Him because He desires to know and love you. Let's pray. Lord God, we have only been able to scratch the surface of this. There is so much here to talk about. And Lord, there are times that we still become skeptical and we still wonder, could this be true because it doesn't fit with the pattern that we expect most of the time. So Father, I pray that through the work of your Holy Spirit, you would work on our hearts and minds. That we would have faith and believe that you are God. Father, I pray for those who are here this morning who are struggling, that you would give them an assurance of faith. Father, I pray for those who are here this morning who uh, will go out and interact with friends who do not believe because they find the supernatural unbelievable. Father, I pray that you would fill us with confidence to proclaim boldly. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the way that you have designed this world. Thank you for uh, the understanding that we have of it and that that understanding is growing. And thank you that this is not all there is, but that you have revealed yourself through your creation and through the presence of your Son. It's in His name that we praise you. Amen.